0: download the instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last minimum ten dollar per order additional terms apply presented by t-mobile the official wireless partner of odyssey sports with an awesome network and great savings there's never been a better time to join t-mobile visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today i think more than anything there just there wasn't the urgency um you know i think that the I think the mayor and I think the city just kind of assumed or took for granted that the Caps and the Wizards wouldn't go anywhere. Um and again, we could see Virginia courting them aggressively, um, offering land and money and um and D C needed to be able to compete to keep them uh downtown. Now if if they are gone, we've got uh, a lot of work ahead uh for downtown to really revitalize this and I, I hope this acts as uh, you know, really helps light the fire there to to bring the urgency around downtown.
1: That is D.C. Ward 6 Councilman Charles Allen on Grand Danny yesterday and being very upfront and honest about the months ahead and the challenges that lie ahead uh, for the D.C. government with the Washington Wizards and the Washington Capitals. Monumental sports, as we know it, moving from downtown D.C. to Alexandria, Virginia. A lot to discuss. We'll continue to do so on the phones. It's the Youngest in Charge movement. Linnell Willingham will take you up to 10 o'clock tonight before we hand things over to the JR Sport Brief, want to continue to take your calls, man. 1-800-636-1067 is the number. Someone just tweeted at me, and I actually hope that they're still in their car right now listening because I would love for them to call into the show. His name is Dale Scriverin. He says PMP and DBIA. I don't know if those are like doctorate degrees or something like that. Looks like a smart cat. He said we need a serious civics lesson on how stadiums in public projects or finance. Many of the calls are off base and lacking in basic facts. Now, Mr. Dale, I'm the first one to admit I don't have an MBA. I don't have a doctorate degree. I'm not a civil a council member or a politician or anything like that. I'm just a 26-year-old black man with a perspective. That That's all it is. And I don't pretend to be anything more than that. But at the end of the day, I think the facts are the facts in this situation. Ted Leonsis made a business move that has pretty damning ramifications for the city. But as Charles Allen said, I think that was a hell of a cut you just pulled, by the way. Because like he, that cut right there illustrates kind of everything that I'm talking about. Yeah, maybe, maybe like Charles Allen said, maybe this brings the urgency to the situation. Because clearly, Mario Bowser and D.C. were dragging their feet. Because it is ludicrous. It is ridiculous. It is asinine that the council members didn't see this very proposal until, as Charles Allen said, 7 p.m. 7 p.m. the night before uh, the big press conference. 1-800-636-1067 is the number on the MGM National Harbor listener Alliance. You can tweet at me as well. It's at N-E-L-L underscore B-T-P. I just really want your thoughts, man. It is a open line Friday, is what we'll call it. Quick update on the actual uh, team that's involved in this discussion. The Wizards, 2.9 seconds, or excuse me, they officially just hit the half. Up 14 over the Indiana Pacers right now. The 3-20 and 20 Wizards looking for win number four on the season. If you're looking for something positive to cheer for, if you're looking for a silver lining uh, from this Wizards season, Rookie Bilal Koulibaly off the bench. And first of all, I don't know how much longer we'll be talking about Bilal coming off the bench. Five or six from the field. Two or three from beyond the arc. Five rebounds. A steal and a block. He's got 14 points in the first half. Uh, second leading scorer for the team. Guess who's the leading scorer? Jordan Poole finally uh, coming to the Wizards scoring party, man. He has had a rough start to the season. It's been rough for him all around, transitioning uh, into being the team's number one option and having all the attention being paid to him. 18 points in the first half. He's a plus 11, four assists, three rebounds. He's eight of 12 from the field, including two of three from beyond the arc. The Wizards playing damn good basketball right now. Megan McPeak talking to Jordan Poole right now at the half, and I'm sure he's filling himself right now. And and for good reason, right? When you hear all the conversation around Jordan Poole, and you hear the narrative that's around my guy right now, I feel super damn good for him that he's cooking right now because he deserves it. one eight hundred six three six one zero six seven 636 1067 is the number. Tootie out in Gainesville. What's going on?
2: Hey, Linnell, what's good? How you doing, man? Yeah, man. So to give you context, man, I was born in DC. I remember seeing the MCI center when I was a kid. I remember the old convention center. So DC, I love that city. Yes. And, uh, you know, Ted made, like you said, Ted made a business decision, and I, I and I hate it, but it is what it is. He got offered a good deal, and nobody can fault him for that. But you know, I will say this does you now. At least people are beginning to see how DC government works, and it's inefficient, lack of lack of awareness, lack of urgency. You know, it, even I don't even know if they have a plan to address the boys that will be coming once so, you know, yeah, i think, I think that's the, the big point
1: right there i don't know they got a plan yeah. either bro go ahead
2: yeah i don't yeah the thing i don't even know if they got a plan you know and you know to see that and me i was going to the wizards games not even to see the lakers or the Bucks. me and my guys would always go to the games where we could afford it and go because we knew that we didn't want to we weren't there for the superstars like we were there for the wizards and you know to see that team go in about five years is going to be it's going to be heartbreaking, but I will say this, that the silver lining I see is that that whole issue about tanking for the Wizards, that, that, that window is closing. And the window to the door to become very good is getting, is now been shifted up because I know that once they move into that new complex, if this team had a, lo- a horrific losing record as we expect them to have at the end of this season, and they finished the 2027-28 season with a, an exact same losing record. And I know that the pomp and circumstance for that <laughs> new arena is going to be horrible. So hopefully yeah. I'm going to see some good quality basketball That's the hope. before they leave. And, you know, I'm proud of Denny. I, I'm liking what I've seen from Bilal Kulabali. Hopefully Jordan Poole can put up more games like this, and uh, we'll see what happens. But uh, But, yeah, no, the Wizards. You know, the government has to do better, and I'm glad people are calling out their government as they should. Yes. Not only just for this, but for many other things. So, thank you for taking Yes, my sir. Call.
1: Chudy, appreciate you as always, my brother. 1 800 636 1067 is the number. <clears throat> it's, um, and honestly, at first, I- I'll be quite honest with you, right? I didn't understand the magnitude of the move. <clears throat> I'll be honest with you. I'm be trans, full, full transparency with you all. 26 years old. A lot of other things going on in my life. This is like, I look at this as more like a political issue. But now, taking all the calls, seeing your reaction on Twitter. I take the Metro every day to get to work. and I start at Shady Grove. So, it's the very end of the red line. I literally heard a family discussing this matter. Their entire ride to Gallery Place. They were on the way to watch the Wizards. So, they're obviously fans of it. And they were... There were mixed feelings on it. I think I heard it was. It's funny the the youngest of the bunch probably had the brightest comment. Um, he was being a smart alec. He was wearing a Tyrese Halliburton jersey. Uh, he goes, "Yeah, it's not like it though. anyone comes to see the Wizards anyway." And I was like, "Ah, I hear you." <laughs> yeah, and to that point, like I've had discussions with people, mm-hmm. like you know, family members, friends, whatever, who aren't even the biggest like sports fans, and it kind of goes to your point about how deeply rooted it's. Yeah. It's bigger than sports. It's yes. bigger than the
3: stadium. It's the culture of the city, and you hear it from the callers too. But even just speaking to people who
1: I wouldn't even think would bring up a sports topic exactly. are talking about it. <laughs> exactly, it shows you, like, like I'm telling Don said, man, just it's about way more than sports with this situation. And as I like to say, man, it's it's multi layered, man. It is, uh, it is really, it is really, you know, what it is, man. We are in rough economic times right now in the district we're in rough economic times right now as a country. Um, So I understand why people are uh, frustrated. I understand why, you know, some people are upset, but as I said earlier in the show, just because the city is losing the wizards in the capitals, doesn't mean it has to be all doom and gloom, man. If our leaders move with urgency and have a vision about what that uh, downtown Chinatown area could be and what it could flourish into it may take a little while. You may take some lumps before you actually see a monetary gain, but it's possible. And I'll continue to be the one advocating for low-income housing. I'll continue to be the one that advocates for, for rec centers and after-school programs for these kids because that's what, what the hell we need, man. I understand it. And my perspective on this, I always say is way different than the average Joe. I've went through struggle in my life. I am a walking testament of you are a product of your, of your circumstance and your situation. You don't have to let that determine your, your future and your fate. But like, I I just get frustrated with some of the commentary that we had from guys like Mike Wilbon and Clint Yates and Tony Kornheiser. Like it's cool. Like I understand where they're coming from, but like, where are you speaking up on the issues that plague the city that y'all claim? That's what ticks me off. Everyone's so D.C. Everyone claimed they love the city so much. Everyone's so up in arms about what's going to happen to downtown Chinatown. When the last time y'all been to the city? When the last time you've been to D.C.? When the last time you've done something positive for the betterment of D.C.? Crickets. Crickets. Some of the same dudes up there puffing their chest out all high and mighty. Won't even extend their hand to me. A young black man just like them trying to walk in their footsteps and walk in their shadows. It's the same people that carry my text messages and, and LinkedIn friend requests and DMs and all that. So they can miss me with with, with all of that. I had someone tweet at me, talk about, I, I don't need to stop being a station bro. Like I'm holding water for Ted Leonson. The hell I got to hold water for Ted Leonson for? What the hell has Ted done for me? Nothing. Nothing, but I understand the way the world works. And straight up, y'all priorities are jacked up. That's how I feel. Y'all priorities are. At some point, man, you got to choose what's important to you. Because guess what? Like I said in the last segment, Mario Bowser and company probably realized, you know what? We're at a spot right now. We probably can't afford to fund the commanders. And the Wizards in the Capitals' new uh, stadium. Because of the state that the city is in economically. They are defunding the police. They are defunding Metro. They are defunding uh, electives and after-school activities. Everything getting chopped. But y'all want more public money to go towards a damn stadium? Like, miss me with that, man. Y'all so for the culture, but then when it's time to help your own people, you radio silent. Jason in Bethesda. What's going on, Jason? Yeah, hey, Linnell.
4: I agree with most of your points. The one thing that you said I've heard other people say as well this week, which I couldn't disagree more with, mm-hmm. and that's that this new arena is going to – and more specifically I've heard people talk about new state-of-the-art practice facilities is going to attract free agents. I don't think that's the case. If you look at the history of the NBA, if you want to attract free agents, have good weather – have good-looking women, have a good history of basketball, <laughs> yeah. have have friends that want to play with each other, have a team that's on the verge of a championship. A, a new center isn't going to make the weather here any warmer, uh, the winters any warmer. A uh, new practice facility is not going to make the woman any better looking. So with all due respect, that's the one point I strongly disagree with. And it's not just you. I've heard other people Hi. make that point. Um, but I um, I respectfully disagree with that one aspect. Other than that, I think you're spot on with what you've what you've had to say so far tonight.
1: Hey, Jason, I appreciate you tapping in as always, my man. 1-800-636-1067 is the number on the MGM National Harbor list of lines. You can tweet at me as well. It's at N-E-L-L underscore BTP. Uptown down if we can. I'm going to our cut sheet right now from D.C. Ward 6 council member Charles Allen. Can we play cut two? This is Charles Allen yesterday talking about some of the missteps that the district had uh, and failing to keep monumental,
0: I, I think more than anything, there just there wasn't the urgency. Um, you know, I think that the I think the mayor and I think the city just kind of assumed or took for granted that the caps and the wizards wouldn't go anywhere. Um, and again, we could see Virginia courting them aggressively, um, offering land and money, and uh, and DC needed to be able to compete to keep them uh, downtown. Now, if, if they are gone, we've got uh, a lot of work ahead uh, for downtown to really revitalize this. And I, I hope this acts as, uh, you know, really helps light the fire there to to bring the urgency around downtown.
1: D.C. Ward 6 Councilmember Charles Allen, keeping it real as you possibly can on this situation. It's, uh, it's frustrating to say the least, man. Let's go to Randy out in Owens Mills. What's going on, Randy? Hello? You there, Randy? Yeah, can you hear me? Yes, I got you. Yeah, how you doing tonight? I'm good, man. How are you?
5: I just to make a quick comment. Um, I mean, I've been to the Verizon MCI or whatever, Capital One Arena, and it's convenient. You know, take the Metro, you go right there. But I'm not going to go in there anymore because I was robbed last year on the Metro. Not wow. saying that it can't happen in Alexandria, but I also was there a few years ago. A bunch of kids were lighting the seats on fire. I talked to a Metro cop, and he basically said, oh, there's nothing we can do about it. <laughs> I said, why in the world will risk my life going to D.C.? And, I mean, if they have parking, I'll definitely go to the parking because I go to the, the, the Skins, I mean, not the Skins, the Commanders games, and they have parking and all that. Or I don't have to take the Metro, but why would I risk my life going on the Metro? And that maybe that has something, maybe a small part to do with I mean, it has a lot more and to do with And Randy,
1: I think you bring up, a point that we haven't really touched that much here tonight. And I want to appreciate you for for tapping in with the show. The whole idea of like people being scared to ride the Metro. Like I hear you. I take the Metro every damn day. So I understand exactly what y'all are saying. And I get on two different lines. I ride the red line. I ride the green line. Y'all are a hundred percent right. It's not racist. To say that there's crime on the Metro, man. I deal with the damn crime on the Metro. These young folks is out of control. They are, straight up. But that falls at the feet of our leaders in office right now, man. Call it what it is. But this is why I get frustrated, right? There is a up. There is so much crime and ridiculous behavior on the Metro because there isn't a strong enough police presence. Why isn't there a strong enough police presence? Because the city don't have the money to pay for the cops. And I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to make fun of anybody who's out there risking their lives trying to protect folks. But damn, I ride from the Navy Yard Station, man. They got two, three security, armed security is what they're called, down at the Navy Yard Station. What the hell did they do? Don't do nothing. It's no offense to the people that's working, but they they're out of shape. They don't look like they can stop crime. It's just frustrating, man. But y'all want the city to publicly fund two stadiums. Y'all want the city to publicly fund two stadiums, but they can't even pay to have a big enough police presence on Metro. Come on, man. It's just frustrating, dog. Y'all can't have your cake and eat it, too. I'll continue to say this up until 10 o'clock tonight when I'm off here. If y'all think that it made sense for D.C. to publicly fund a Commander Stadium and a new Wizards and Cap Stadium, when they can't even, when they're defunding the police and taking police out of Metro as crime increases, y'all crazy as hell. Dave is in Herndon. What's going on, Dave? Hey,
2: Lanelle, How you doing?
1: I'm good, man. How are you?
2: I go along with what you're saying, Linnell, to the to the T. Yeah, we can't even have money enough in D.C. to fund to fund anything. We, we're looking pretty sorry in that in that
3: aspect, Linnell.
2: Plus, all them hooligans and knuckleheads hanging around gallery places and all over D.C. Sad man. I, I want to feel safe in my family and all that, right? I hear you. And if, if the Wizards
3: playing in Alexandria at the new stadium. They can't wear their district uniform, right,
1: now. I mean, I don't agree with that. I think y'all are crazy with that. What do you mean? The commanders, their their practice facility is in Loudoun County. We don't call them the Virginia commanders.
3: Okay, well.
1: I mean, I, I hear what you're saying, Dave, and I, I'm not shutting you down at all, but I'm like, the folks that act like because they're not playing in D.C., that they're not a D.C. team, like, come on, y'all. we we We're better than that. As people, we're smarter than that. We're better than that, man. Come on.
2: right. The DMV is neighboring to each other. Exactly. We all
1: supposed to be kinfolk. We all supposed to be showing each other love, man.
3: That's it. That's it, and now that's it. Dave, all I, I appreciate the
1: call as always. OG, keep tapping in. Paul is in Gettysburg. Is this the Paul that I think it is? Paul, you know you're my man.
4: It's a different Paul, it's man. It's a different Paul.
1: <laughs> but I've heard your I voice before be. as well, Paul.
4: But I will be. But I, uh, <laughs> yeah, man. No, I've, I, it's been a while since I called in. I, I just think it's too unsafe. I got a thirteen-year-old um, daughter, and my wife and I were both born in D.C. Um, plus, I do think I, I live out in Gaithersburg, man. It's a different world out here. So do I. I live out it's there very, too, man. It's divisive in D.C. Like I, I'm—I have European ancestry. My, my my wife has African ancestry, and um, okay. in D.C. I don't feel the same as I do out here in Gaithersburg. Everybody's cool in D.C. It's kind of a bad vibe for a guy like me, and I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. I just, I just don't feel as comfortable, man, and it sucks. <laughs> it's horrible. It makes you sad. Um, but yeah, that's the truth for me. Um,
1: no, I hear you, and I, uh, you know, my my, my thing yeah, is man. this too. Like, crime happens where there are people. Crime, I feel like Dr. Umar. (laughs) I'm doing a repeating joint. Crime happens where there are people. So, like, to act like Chinatown's the only place where there's crime, like, stop it, y'all. The reason y'all aren't going to Wizards games is because the product is stunk. That's why I think it's so funny when people are, like, mad about the Wizards moving. Y'all only go to Caps games. But the whole point that I've been trying to make is D.C., has a. The financial priorities of the district to me are jacked up. Raw Wave concert. It was like a month and a half, two months ago. Over 300 different cars broken into. You know why? Because the city cannot afford to properly police the Chinatown Gallery Place area. But y'all want a new stadium there. You know how crazy that sounds? And this is my whole thing. It's not about just money. It's not about just crime. There's not one singular issue as to why this is happening. It's a combination of things. My frustration is if you're going to talk about you all about equality, then understand both sides of the conversation. Everybody wants to be treated equally, but when we have disagreements, we shut down other people's thought process. I was shut down on Twitter today, called ignorant. Because I disagreed by someone that's much higher in this field than I am. We got to, everyone's got a voice, man. Just because you don't agree doesn't mean you're dumb or you're ignorant. It's just your point of view, man. That's what this is all about. Wizards still up 14, by the way. While all this is happening, the Wizards on court heard the noise and they're playing good basketball. Terry out in DC. What's going on, Terry? Yes. Um, yeah, you already kind of like
3: stole my thunder a little bit. I was going to say that, um, yeah, uh, 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 Terry. Um, let's let's be honest. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's be honest. This team is moving because ninety um, percent because of the money. It is. They they could care less. Um, Terry Johnson can care less if people are getting robbed or not. And that's not to say he's a cold dude. He's a business man. But like you already said, it's up to the. Uh, the city and the, um, um, and the and the leaders to get rid of the crime, but this has I mean they're talking about the crime as like like that's 50% of why they're leaving. This is 90% about money, and that's why they're leaving. And you know and I'm not mad at them. You know, cause they're businessmen, and I probably would do the same thing. But you know, as a longtime uh, DC fan and uh, and a uh, Bullets fan, you know I start you know been um, born in 1967. It kind of hurts to see him leave. But you know, no different. They played at the Cap Center at one time, and we still went to see them when they were good. Back like in the '70s, when they went to the champ, uh, made it to the finals three times, and the, the Cap Center used to be full out there. So the bottom line, if they put a good product out there, like you already said. We'll we'll watch it, but um, kind of hurts, you know, from the heart. People are just hurting. You just you just getting the reaction to it, but um, right. that's just my two cents. thank hey, man. Terry, I
1: appreciate you tapping in as always, my man. One eight hundred six three six. is number. Tony is in D.C. What's going on, Tony? What's going
6: on, man? Um, I I, I think it's a a mix of things going on. I think D.C. prioritizes, obviously, politics more than anything else. Mm -hmm. Um, They don't really care about sports anymore, whether it's Mario Bowser or a lot of your leadership. They're more concerned with the politics and everything. And I think that's what's keeping them from even wanting to put the money into uh sports teams or even keeping them here i think they come up with the money when they want to i mean between the cameras and and everything else they find you for every (laughs) damn thing every damn thing going on here parking or anything else they just don't really care about it and them not winning makes it easier to do just that so you know the policing thing i think they have they need more police they're always looking to hire obviously but no one wants to get involved in it because of the politics. So I think that's more the issue with the crime, you know, down around gallery place, police really, their hands are tied. How much can they really do anyway these days? You know?
1: Well, I don't know if you saw the Washington Post report, man. Ted Leontes has been asking for a heavier police presence for years. At one point in time, this is numbers via the Washington Post. There were 27 D.C. police officers around the area on game days. There are now three. Yeah. So money is a problem, and and I agree with you, man. They are caring more about politics, but can we get mad at that? That's why I get frustrated with, like, my colleagues and some some other people that call them. Dog, they don't have the money to publicly fund two pro sports teams. They can't even fund their own damn police force. They can't even get a police presence at Metro, and I'm pissed about it. I'm 6'2". 280 pound black man. I can defend myself. It ain't a worry about that. But I don't have to. I shouldn't have to deal with garbage. I shouldn't feel unsafe riding the metro going to and from work, man. Trying to earn my living.
6: Yeah, I I think they just want they want their cake and eat it too. You can't have both. Yeah. You can't play the politic game and also have enough police presence to protect your fans going to and from games, man. I you know they are just trying to do too much. I think.
1: Hey man, I appreciate the call as always, Tony. One 636 is the number. We'll take a quick timeout. we come back, I promise we're actually going to switch gears here a little bit. The Washington Commanders play a football game this Sunday, fresh off the bye. They're on the road in L.A. taking on the Rams. I'll give you my thoughts on the final month of the season for the Burgundy and Gold. That's next here on The Fan. Call from mom. Answer it.
0: Uh, how the team felt coming back from the bye and getting that time off.
3: Oh, I thought they looked good. I mean, they were refreshed
1: and, uh, you know, energy level was good. So that's a, that's a huge plus. The head coach of the Washington Commanders, Ron Rivera, talking about the team's mood fresh off of the bye week, a little 10-day vacay before the fellas lace them up this Sunday out in L.A., taking on Matt Stafford and the Rams. And by the way, I know a lot of Commanders fans feel like nothing matters here in the final month of the season don't tell that to Sean McVay in the L.A. Rams. They are right in the thick of the NFC playoff picture. A win for them on Sunday keeps their playoff hopes alive. I'm pulling up the standings right now. Bear with me. If the playoffs started today, the L.A. Rams at 6-7 and seven on the outside looking in, a tiebreaker uh, is owned by the Green Bay Packers. So, If you think that the teams in the final month of the season are going to be mailing it in like some of us expect the commanders to do, think again. Sean McVay and company. Honestly doing a hell of a job. Um, Anytime I talk about the Los Angeles Rams, I understand Puka Nakua has been a great story. Uh, Kyron Williams actually has been a great story as well. Uh, Steve Avila, their rookie guard that they drafted, has been cooking, playing good ball. But, man, how can you not be impressed by the job the L.A. Rams are doing defensively? If I said, you know what, Uptown, I'm going to put you to the test. and I know you're enjoying Lakers and Lakers and Suns in there. If I put you to the test, brother man, and I said, name me a player on the Rams defense outside of Aaron Donald, I got a million dollars for you. Could you do it? Off the top of my head, I got nothing right That's now. What, and they're one of the top? Half defenses in the National Football League. They blitz. They create turnovers. Don't feel bad, Uptown Don. I I also don't know anybody else on this Rams defense. I know one of the linebackers. But Aaron Donald and a bunch of jags is my point that I'm trying to make. Raheem Morris is coaching his ass off. A lot of you out there feel like the commander's next head coach has to be an offensive mind. I promise you. I promise you it's not illegal to hire a defensive-minded head coach. And if I was going to go that route, the nastiest thing just happened. My lips just touched the mic. Just I just basically kissed Eric Bickle. It's just ridiculous. Um. Anyways, I just lost my whole train of thought. <laughs> That's just actually ridiculous. But no, Raheem Morris would be on the short list of defensive-minded uh, candidates for the job here in Washington. He's coached offense before. He's been a head coach. He was like and people are going to think I'm racist when I say this. He was like the black Sean McVay. Raheem Morris was the boy wonder coaching candidate back when he got hired with the Tampa Bay Bucks. It was like, who is Raheem Morris? Who is this cat? Charismatic. He's got energy. Gets guys to play for him. Can relate to the players because of how close he is to them in age. He's my dude. I think him and Sean McVay have the Rams playing damn good football. I say all that to say this: the Washington Commanders, super duper, super duper tough uh, contest coming up uh, on Sunday. We've talked about this at nauseum here for it feels like the last eight weeks. When you look at when you look at the Commanders and what matters here in this final month of the season, to me, Sam Howe, Sam Howe, Sam Howell, Sam Howell. It, it's it's so important. It's so important down the stretch. Uptown Don, if you can if you can grab cut number twelve from Ron Rivera and his media availability earlier this week, Ron actually talked about the big elephant in the room to me is that's how do you measure Sam Howe's growth here in the final month of the season?
2: With Sam, how do you measure his growth over the last four weeks with t- taking away just results, production, or numbers? How are you going to measure his growth? Well, I think the biggest thing in talking with E.B. about it is really his decision-making. I mean, that, that that's one of the things that is really always important with a quarterback is, you know, is he making the right decisions
1: uh, and then getting to him and asking why. Why were these decisions made? That's the head coach of the Commanders, Ron Rivera talking about how they'll measure Sam Howell's growth. Uh, over the final month of the season. And Ron, not just doing coach speak at the podium that time. I I agree. It's going to be about his decision-making. It's going to be about uh, how quickly he's getting the ball out. Sam had some interesting comments uh, as well earlier in the week, and he mentioned during the bye week he was able to go back and watch some of his uh, good game tape from earlier in the year. I think it was John Kime that asked the question. He was like, what did you notice, and what was your biggest takeaway when you went back and looked at that? hot stretch that you went through uh, toward the middle of the season. And Sam gave the answer that I was kind of expecting, right? The ball came out on time, and he was accurate with the football. And the decision-making is highlighted through all of that. And I think that's what Ron and and Eric Bietemy have alluded to this week. Decision-making for Sam down the stretch is going to be huge. We understand from standpoint in terms of X's and O's, the Rams are a better football team than we are. The Jets are a better football team than we are. The 49ers are going to be a better football team than we are. And those are four damn good defenses you have to attack here in the final month of the season. So I do think it does make the evaluation of Sam Howe a little bit more difficult. Because guess what? As I continue to say, this is the most attractive job of all of the openings, in my opinion. Now, if that job uh, in Buffalo comes open, I think they rise to the top. But a lot of people, you know, talk about the Chargers job and how they're the most attractive job because they've got the quarterback that I dubbed Baby Jesus. Talk about Justin Herbert. Yeah, they got a quarterback that you're going to have, but they don't have a lot of cap space. Draft capital is kind of scarce as well. You're not going to be a contender for two or three years down the line. But here in Washington, five picks within the top 100, Depending on how you feel about Sam Howell, you already have the quarterback position locked in, and you're scheduled to have north of $90 million of cap space available to you. So, yeah, this job is the most attractive, but it is a damn difficult job as well, and it goes to the latter of what I just said. The next guy that comes in here is going to have to make a pretty bold decision In a decision, I might add, that will have long-term ramifications on the future of this franchise, whether it goes good or whether it goes bad. Because there are a couple of scenarios we're going to have. We've talked about them here uh, over the past couple of weeks. Washington, if the season ended today, set to have the number four overall pick in April's draft. If you're a GM taking this job over, you have to decide, A, how much do you like Sam Howell, B, how do you feel about the quarterbacks in this draft class, and then C, what direction are you going to go moving forward? Because guess what? And, and and for my Sam Howell lovers out there, I'm sorry. And I also, I guess, I'm a Sam Howell lover. I'm a lover of damn good quarterback play. How about I just say that? I'm a lover of whatever's going to get us out of the rut that we've been in since I've been born. But you're either going to, one of the new GMs is either going to fall in love with one of these quarterbacks, or is going to determine that Sam Howell has enough to move forward and build around him. Either way, you better be right. You better be right, because guess what? Swinging and missing on a pick, specifically quarterback, within the top five, sets your franchise back. And then on the flip side of the coin, if the new GM misevaluates Sam Howell, and Sam Howell is just the 23rd best quarterback in football, or he's just a bottom tier starter, you then miss out on the opportunity to pick a potential franchise altering talent like a Caleb Williams, like a Drake May, like a Jaden Daniels. So there's so many different ways. That this ultimately could go, uh, if you are the new GM of the Washington Commanders, but the last month of the season to me is all about Sam Howe. Is he going to prove himself worthy of being the long-term answer at the quarterback position? And to me, I don't think it's something that is going to be based on just wins and losses. I think it's going to be straight up how he. Plays. Speaking of Sam Howe, took the podium uh, earlier today, or yesterday. I had some very interesting comments. He also joined Robert Griffin III and RG3's We The Ones podcast and gave a ringing endorsement to a certain member of the Washington Commander's coaching staff. Take a listen next on The Fan. The Washington Wizards, ladies and gentlemen. I know there's a little aqua coming back. The Wizards are up 21 points right now on the Indiana Pacers. This is by far their best half of the season, their best game of the season. It continued in the third quarter, which has really been the Wizards' Achilles heel all season long. They've actually come out in the third quarter and continued to play good basketball. Putting it on the Pacers right now. Jordan Poole's got 30 points. He won't be. He might be a Rose Bowl tonight. You, you may catch Jordan Poole outside the night. He's got 30 points, 12 of 18 from the field, three of four from beyond the arc. He's got five helpers as well. Kyle Kuzma's got 21 points, an efficient 8 of 17 from the field. And then I saw this on Twitter from our guy Troy Halliburton. Please let the Bilal first team all rookie campaign start. 14 points, 5 of 7 from the field. Two of three from beyond the arc. He's got a block and a steal as well. Shout out to Mike Winger, Will Dawkins, Travis schlank uh, for getting this young man here in D.C. I remember we had our uh, our draft night coverage. Uh, you were you were 100% there as well, uh, to Uptown, Don. And I was skeptical. I know who the hell Bilal Bali was, man. Yeah, <laughs> I remember being in the stadium and they announced his name. We all looked at each other My like, home? who? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but clearly uh, this young man, uh, has been playing really good basketball. And I tweeted it out the other night. Balao Koulibaly, to me, is a franchise-altering, culture-setting type of pick. If you had 15 Balao Kulabalis on your roster, you wouldn't be 3-20 and 20 right now. He plays hard every night. He defends. He gets over screens. He's uh, sound in his rotations defensively. He takes good shots. It's just I'm just thrilled that the Wizards uh, have hit on a draft pick because it feels like it's been a while since I've been like overall just blown away uh, by their first round selections. Now that's not to try to talk down on Corey Kispert or Denny Avia. Corey Kispert uh, has turned into one of the better three point shooters in the league off the catch, uh, getting it off the bounce. He's become a good movement shooter as well. So he's great cutting off ball, like he's getting to the basket more. I- I've loved. Wow, and he just had a ferocious right-hand slam as well. The what's is hooping right now, man. It's a good feeling. Want to take your calls, though. Zay out in D.C. Want to talk about commanders in the Sam House. What's going on, Zay? How you guys doing? I'm good, man. How are you? Good. All right. So, I have
2: a proposition, and I want to know what do you think about it. Now, good. we already heard that John Allen, he's already considering, you know, moving out of Washington. So, of course, we have a good thing going with the 90-mil cap, uh, draft capital, everything like that. However, I mean, do you think we should try to trade John Allen either for uh, try to do a bear situation where we can try to get two picks in the first 10 draft picks, or do you think we should go for um, a higher value and maybe a wide receiver position or O-line position for somebody who needs a defensive line, you know, bad?
1: Thank you for uh, taking my call. Yeah, appreciate you, Zay. I will say this. First of all, if you listen to the show regularly, um, I don't know if you are here that night, Uptown, Don. I grilled John Allen's ass. For him to get up on the junkies and say what he said uh, about him uh, thinking about requesting a trade and it's something that he would have to consider at the end of the season, you're supposed to be the hometown kid. You're from Woodbridge, Virginia. You're supposed to be a diehard Commanders fan. You've You're supposed to leave Bleed, Burgundy, and gold. You've been a fan of the team since you grew up. Sean Taylor is supposed to be your favorite player. Yet you get here, things go sour for a couple of years, and now you want to get out of town? Miss me with that. All his horrible pregame speeches with him clapping his hands while he's talking like a female. It all blows me, man. John Allen, (laughs) I got some things to say about John Allen. But look, realistically speaking, based on the play I've got from John Allen this year, yeah. Probably would be better to move on uh, from John Allen if you're able to get good draft capital, because guess what? I always say it. The cupboard is bare. The cupboard is very bare for the Washington Commanders in terms of starting caliber talent and immediate backups uh, on this Burgundy and Gold roster. But one month left to go in the season. I'm focused on what we're going to see from the young pup Sam Howell. I also am curious to see. We had a couple of injury news and notes as well. Um, for the Commanders coming into this Sunday's game, Brian Robinson ruled out with the hamstring injury. He didn't practice all week long. Um, Emmanuel Forbes is going to be listed as questionable, I believe. He's trying to work his way back from the elbow injury. Sadiq Charles was activated off the of injured reserve. Uh, not expected to start. He will rotate uh, snaps at guard with Chris Paul, but it's good to have him back in the lineup. So the Commanders getting a little bit healthy as they enter this final stretch run of the season where they got – To show that they got some pride, man. Sam Howe, the young pups, and even veterans that are trying to get picked up by another team, man. The final month of the season is exactly for that. Final hour of power coming up here on this Friday night edition of Overtime. We'll keep you posted on the Wizards as their score gets ready to go final here. Uh, When we come back, though, as promised, I teased it earlier, Sam Howe joined RG3 in the We The Ones podcast and gave a very ringing endorsement to Eric Bieniemy being the next head coach uh, here in D.C. That's next. You're on the fan. This
7: episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget.